Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Well, pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Okay, here we are, Super Talk Eagle Hour. Glad you're with us, Bob Getty and Kelly Center. We're in the Southern Bank Corps studio here in gorgeous Hattiesburg, Mississippi this afternoon. Luke Johnson at the uh, Southern Bank Corps studio. And Laurel, we're glad you're with us. Opening segment of our show sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Great supporters of ours at Southern Miss. And a great place to cater your Christmas event, upcoming holiday events. Now is the time to be reaching out to Dickie's Barbecue, and uh, they can take care of just about any catering job you want. All right, Kelly Sander, did you get enough basketball yesterday? Double header. We enjoyed being at the Reed Green Golden Eagles uh, men and women's team uh, handily uh, take care of William Carey. Yeah, defensive struggle. I think a lot of people thought that that second game, especially after the way the Eagles came out and, and jumped on, what, first 10 points or pretty close to it. Right. Uh, They're right at the beginning of the game, thought it might be a little more high scoring than it wound up uh, being, but right. a good day for everybody. Lots of talent on the Southern Miss team, and forgive me, I'm fixing to break a broadcaster's rule, Kelly. I'm going to bring up a kid that I, I don't remember his name but he plays for William Carey. His dad is the uh, coach at Oak Grove. Brumfield. Good-looking basketball Dylan player. Dylan Brumfield, Good-looking yeah. basketball player. William Carey looks to have a, a talented team that will, I think, do very well this year in, in, their, in their play. Yeah, and especially after, as, as Coach Steve Knight mentioned on our program yesterday, it was a disappointing season last year for William Carey. Just not a lot of things went right. And uh, so they went back to the drawing board after the season and got a lot of things corrected. And it starts with personnel. I mean, Steve Knight's proven he can coach. That's not been the issue. But uh, but no matter how good you are, you can't plow the field if you don't have the horses. And this year, <laughs> he thinks he's got the horses. Yeah, exactly. Right. I found that in my coaching career. The better players you have, the better coach people think you are. Amazing how that works, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? it is. Yeah. Heath Hinton, uh, proprietor, owner, CEO, executive, uh, sales rep, and financial manager of Big Gold Nation. Woo! Don't forget cook, uh, head cook <clears throat> and bottle washer. Right? Joins uh, the Eagle Hour. Uh, Luke, of course, over in Laurel. Uh, Heath, uh, good start to basketball. The three of us were at Reed Green yesterday. We believe this is a very talented Southern Miss basketball team. Yeah, absolutely. It's a very talented team. I think uh watched the game last night. They jumped out to a big lead. Um, had some stretches, though, to where they couldn't score. And look, what was it? Forty-four of the sixty-five points or something scored were by three players. Bitch had five points. That's going to need to be corrected, and I think it will. Uh, but yeah, they need to see some more depth, some more guys 
contributing. Uh, shooting the basketball, Cody Montgomery did not have a good game, but a good win, a good first game win, and I think they'll play better this weekend. Uh, but they're going to have to find some scoring at other places um, until we find out about the transfer. Uh, if Bellow, if he can play, and then you know Alvarez, till he can, we'll find out when he can come back. All right, Luke, get in here. What um what are you looking Thursday night um against Louisiana uh and and I guess the million dollar question that came up yesterday Heath is uh do you play Ethan Crawford this game um do you hold him out for Mississippi State or Troy what do you do he's got one left I think Coach Hall said it the other day in the presser he's going to do everything he can to win this game so I think Ethan Crawford's on the table yeah you play him it's a big rival. Uh, this say what you will. This is uh, probably a bigger rival than Troy. Um, it, it just is. I think you play in this one, try to win this one, and uh, we'll see what happens in next week. But you try to win every game in front of you right now, and you do what you can. Is it be- not worth- not necessarily on the? Is it is it more on the fact that this is a far more winnable game than than the Troy game? I mean. And I, I look at that, and I think that it allows Crawford to continue to get ready to play. I, I just the the stickler here is this game matters. It matters in conference. It matters in recruiting. I get that Mississippi State does as well, but Mississippi State will be mu- viewed more as a bowl game, whereas this one is uh, probably matters a lot longer, at least in like real real chips, not not symbolism or pride. Uh, the Louisiana game. Well, yeah, but you're also come, you play the Louisiana team who come off a loss to Arkansas State, and they're down to the third-string quarterback. And uh, look at a game that may be winnable for Southern Miss going on the road if they play. You know, if this Southern Miss team can give you four quarters of the way they played that first one, really, go in there and win this game. Um, still, yeah, I think that's part of it, Luke. I think you've got a game that's winnable. You only have one game left that he can play. Put him out there in this one. You try to win every game going forward and see what happens. But he gives you such a another dimension on offense. We haven't really seen him, you know, throw the ball much yet. But he does have a cannon for an arm. We know from practice he can throw the ball. So uh, yeah, I think you play him, and I think you try to win the next game up going forward. It would be huge for Southern Miss to go on the road with everything that's happened this season. To go and beat a Louisiana team and make you know make their season a little rougher to do things that they want to do down the stretch. Kelly, I, I I think I think you hit the nail right on the head, Luke. You beat me to that question. That's exactly what I was going to ask because I do think this game, to the outsider looking in, is more winnable. Even though Mississippi State, they've got their own problems going on in Starkville. <laughs> What you're trying to say. Well, you, you said it, Bob. <laughs> I didn't. State's dealing with their own mess, but this game with Louisiana is deemed more winnable, I would think, by outsiders looking in than the last two remaining. And so this is this is the one that you definitely play, you know, Ethan Crawford in. Uh, you got a Southern Miss team that's slowly on the uptick. You got a Louisiana team that is trending downward, and we're going to get to talk with Jay Walker, Bob, in our next segment. He's the radio voice of the Cajuns, so we'll get his uh, his point of view after they were beaten by another team that is trending upward, Arkansas State, this past weekend. So, and I would also add that Southern Miss, 
you know, there's a psychological uh, thing to this, too. Southern Miss is 10-0 and 0 against Louisiana in the last 10 games. And you, I don't care who you are, that's, that starts getting in the, you know, it's kind of like Southern Miss and South Alabama to a certain extent. Can they beat Southern Miss? It, what what does it matter if they can't beat Southern Miss? So I think you do play them. I think everything is trending to where you put all your cards on the table, you go out there and try to win this game, and if Ethan Crawford's part of that, you do it. Are we over? Are we just kind of overrating Ethan Crawford at this point, Kelly? I mean, you know, he has been in for a few plays, and he shows a lot of potential. But is it fair to say Ethan Crawford is not going to be the difference in the football game? Yeah, I, I, he is getting a lot of hype. I think that's a that's a fair question to ask, and I don't think. Heath did mention that Crawford, and he is a fine thrower, but I would not expect, even if he does play, there's, I would not expect him to throw the football. I don't think he's the guy that they're going to – Billy Wiles is still the quarterback of this team. Well, let me ask you this. If he's played against Old Dominion on the goal line, you have him there. Does Southern Miss score win that game? I think his presence on the field, especially in the goal line, situation in short yardage is huge for Southern Miss. It is, and and I think particularly – at App State, um, there was a particular play. It was two plays, you know, where he scored. But secondly, when Katzen scored, you have to account for him now. Whereas the other court, true quarterbacks on the roster, you don't necessarily have to account. Even though Billy had a really good run against Monroe, you you don't have to account so much. So I mean, I, I think it, it keeps the defense honest, which allows you to be able to to uh, to have to value like you know him as an additional fast skill person out there but he to your point particularly in short yardage situations and particularly at the goal line and both of those are where southern miss hasn't been the greatest this year yeah that's the that's the part where i think he's the he's one of those factors that you put in there and it changes the game dynamic a little bit because you haven't been good in short yardage because you haven't been able to get that extra yards you bring him in the way he rode the ball with Caston and gave it to him, and then the read where he ran for about 10 yards for a touchdown, he held that ball as long as he could with Frank. It was a read option. He held it for a while. That's instinct to be able to do that. And he was able to pull it and score. So, uh, yeah, I think his importance, you can't overstate his importance because of what he does in short yardage. All right, and he- that's where Southern misses lost games. Yep. All right, Heath, we appreciate your input. How do people join Big Gold Nation? I just go to southernmissartrivals.com and uh, click on Become a Member. we got a lot of good stuff going on. Tell you what, watch out for them Lady Eagles. Coach, Coach yeah. got a good yeah, team. I, I wish we'd have gotten to that. Uh, you and I exchanged some texts yesterday, and we'll get you back on the show next week to talk about that. But, yeah, they do uh, They do look very good. Heath Hinton, Big Gold Nation, always appreciate Heath's input. want to remind you as we go to break, Town & Country Cleaners is Hattiesburg's most trusted dry cleaners. Family-owned and operated since 1983, they offer services like steam pressing, shirt laundry, bulky bedding, minor alterations, and, of course, dry cleaning. You can visit Town & Country Cleaners at their convenient location across from USM on Hardy Street or call them at 601-264-4920. More Super Talk Eagle Hour right on the other side of this short break.
Southern Miss to the top. All right, Dickie's Barbecue sponsors this segment of the show. Actually, that was the first segment. Campus Bookmark sponsors this segment. How could I ever forget about Miss Kathleen and all the great merchandise there on the Hardy Street? I would never forget about Miss Kathleen. You can call her. She'll stuff, send stuff to your house uh, via the mail. You can go online at campusbookmark.net. The best thing to do, though, is go to the store and uh, shop around. We think uh, you'll always have a good time there at Campus Bookmark. Well, thank Heath Hinton for joining us in the first segment from Big Gold Nation. Our next guest, no stranger to our program, Jay Walker, as you know is the play-by-play voice of the Raging Cajuns. Jay, the last time our men competed was in the championship game of the baseball tournament over in Montgomery. Now, there's not a championship on the line Thursday night, but it's going to be exciting, a Thursday night national matchup between the Raging Cajuns and the Golden Eagles. That sounds like a lot of fun. Well, I hope it's a lot of fun. You know, the championship game was a lot of fun. Didn't particularly enjoy watching you guys dogpile, but hey. I mean that's the way that's the way it went. Um, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens this Thursday. All right, you guys are uh, got a little quarterback issue. What what is the status of your quarterback for Thursday night? Zion Chris is out this week. Um, in fact, I'll be pretty surprised if we see him again uh, this year. We had already lost Ben Woldridge, who was the starter at the beginning of the year. We lost him in uh, Game Three against UAB. Uh, Chris has been the quarterback uh, ever since, and then he went out with the injury. Um, in the uh, early in the fourth quarter against Arkansas State. So Chandler Fields, who actually was the starting quarterback a year ago for the Cajuns, will, uh, will be the quarterback uh, on Thursday. And uh, behind him uh, will be Luke Johnson. <laughs> You're in trouble if the guy gets hurt. I'm just going to tell you that. Oh, man. Well, you know, well, we've already had two of them get hurt. We're already in trouble. Yeah, we, we saw Luke run a 40-yard dash. It took him two weeks to recover well, from the pulled hamstring. My eligibility, Jay, actually ended at at Cajun Field in 2005. So that that's it. But you, you mentioned that, just to go back to the quarterback position, the loss of Chris is a big deal because he's the second leading rusher on the team and and uh, that kind of takes away a dynamic of the Cajun offense. It does. And, you know, Chandler is not uh, not as mobile. He probably has a better arm. Um, but but Zeon's special. I mean, I, if there's one thing I've learned this year, it's that that kid is special. And, um, you know, we kind of thought last year he was the most talented quarterback on the roster. Um but you didn't want to burn his red shirt, so he played a little bit, but but he didn't play in, in too many games. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's we knew he was the future, and um, definitely going to miss him without question. So, Jay, go, go, so going into this game, Jay, was was the loss to Arkansas State kind of an anomaly because you guys are just are just down so many weapons? No, I think what it is, you know, I did, a, I did a sports talk show for over 20 years, and I used to talk all the time about trap games. And uh, the listeners would call and argue with me, say there's no such thing. But, but if you look, you played three emotional games in succession. You got a win over Texas State. You had a, a game against Georgia State that went down to the final 30 seconds before you lost. And then you had a big win at South Alabama. Now you got to go to Jonesboro, play an Arkansas State team that you've beaten five times in a row. Kids on this team had never experienced a loss to Arkansas State, who is still, honestly, not a great football team. 
and the Cajuns got punched in the mouth, and and they didn't recover because Arkansas State was ready to play. The Cajuns weren't, and that is the definition of a trap game. Jay, uh, yeah, and, and at the same token, I mean, three and three, right? I mean, you've you've uh, over the last six and in in successive orders, you uh, you you beat Buffalo, you lose to Minnesota, you beat Texas State, you lose to Georgia State, you beat South Al, you lose to Arkansas State. So you're saying, Kane Womack earlier this year on the, on our show said it was just a Jekyll and Hyde team, not so much with Louisiana. It's just been they've uh, they've just come up short in a few games and look really good in others. Yeah, you know, I thought they played really well in all three of those games. You know, the Cajuns were down against Georgia State um, 20 to nothing late in the second quarter, and they gave Georgia State 47 yards of offense in the second half. And the Cajuns were driving, um, had third and four at the seven-yard line in the final minute, um, ran, a, ran a play, Peter LeBlanc, our wide receiver, was wide open, cutting across the back of the end zone, and Zeon didn't put quite enough air under it in the corner, went up, jumped up as high as he could, and, and intercepted the pass, and, and that's how it ended. We were that close to winning three straight, um, and I thought we were playing really, really well. Now, you know, that all that all went uh, into the commode on Saturday, if you'll pardon the expression, uh, and, um, you know, the Cajuns didn't play well on either side of the football. They were uninspired. Uh, and uh, they learned an expensive lesson. So three three guys defensively, Gant, uh, Lawson, and Whitfield, I think like 21 and a half tackles for loss and somewhere in the neighborhood of like 17 sacks between those three. I, I'll tell you what. I think, I think the Cajuns' front five is the strength of this football team. Um, they have made, in a lot of games this year, they've made quarterbacks miserable. Um, you know, the, the inside backers, they've had some injury issues there. They've had a lot of injury issues in the secondary, but those guys up front are good. And, um, you know, that'll be, that'll be the challenge for, for Southern Miss is to, um, try to keep those guys from dominating the line of scrimmage. Well, you've had Frank Gore, who flatlined for a lot of the season, but now not only has a pulse, but has a very strong uh, heart rate the last couple of games. It's been like a new uh, Frank Gore, so that's something that, conversely, your front five will will have to deal with a rejuvenated uh, Frank Gore. Yeah, absolutely. You know, ever since Will fired himself as the offensive coordinator, um, he, uh, you know, that they played. They played much better on offense, and Frank Gore has become Frank Gore, the guy that we expected to see yep. all year long. He is. Um, he's as good as any running back in the league. I think he might be the best pro prospect out of out of all of the backs in the league, and um, you know, and he brings that added dimension in the super back where he can go ahead and throw the football uh, if they want to go that route. It's it's not an easy matchup, you know. Even though Southern Miss didn't have a very good record. With 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 Gore doing his thing, this isn't an easy matchup for the Cajuns at all. Well, somehow we got toilets and heartbeats in a football discussion. That's pretty. That's pretty good, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, Jay, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. let's uh, let's stop all the football talk a minute. I want to talk about what's important. This is what I, some of the best football trips my wife and I ever took in our lives back in the day were, were in Lafayette. So, you got a Thursday night national TV game. I want you to tell me if I'm right or wrong here. I can sense the smell of boiled shrimp, gumbo, smoked meats, cold beer, everywhere 
surrounding the football field pregame Thursday night. What will the atmosphere be like down in Cajun Country on a Thursday night nationally televised ball game? You know what? I, I'm going to be I'm going to be dead honest. We haven't drawn very well this year, um, and and part of it is because you know after COVID hit. Combine that with all the games on ESPN Plus. I think our fans got comfortable being at home. Right. And the other thing is, the other thing is, we're putting about seventy million dollars into a renovation at the end of this season for a stadium that was built in nineteen seventy one and has no amenities for fans. So um, I think the combination of the two, uh, and you know, coming off a, a loss which, quite frankly, has irritated a lot of people. I don't know what we're going to have for a crowd, but I can tell you this: those that are there may have all of the above that you were talking about. Yeah. Maybe not the gumbo because it hasn't really been very cold. I mean, they'll be in the eighties tomorrow. Uh-huh. Um, but other than the gumbo, I think you might have all of those smells you were talking about earlier. Okay, and not- I will say this: if your if your fans are coming into town. Get there early. The band playing on the west side under the oak tree is the Rouge Crew, and you will get up and dance. I'm just, I'm, I'm just telling you what I know. Well, I'm gonna tell you. My wife and I never went to a football game down there. We didn't get invited to Raging Cajun tailgates. They didn't know us oh, from Adam, but they invited us to come eat and drink with them, and we took them up on it, Joe. Well, it's it's uh, it's it's what we do here. You know, we love to entertain and feed and visit with opposing fans it's always been that way at cajun field and i don't know how many are going to be there but if you're wearing black and gold chances are you're going to get offered something to eat and drink. <laughs> no question it's a great venue it's just great people down there and i don't know kelly I, to me it was the most exciting part of getting in the sun belt was to get to play the cajuns and all the sports every year well words like entertain eat and visit that just means that's just another meaning for the word drink isn't it <laughs> yeah they don't drink now, they don't drink alcoholic beverages on the, on the campus there do they Joe, before game no Okay, I just wanted to clarify that for our listeners. Don't go down there you thinking. Under, you understand that everybody thinks it's a public university. It's a private Baptist college. Okay. <laughs> Jay Walker, everybody, the play-by-play. Always always fun having you on the show, Jay. We look uh, we look forward to football and basketball and baseball. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, too. Thanks so much for having me on, and, and forgive me for saying it, but go Cajuns. All right, that's all right. Jay Walker, everybody. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. 4th Street Bar Grill right there in the shadow of the rock. Sponsors this segment of the show. Great place for lunch. Monday through Friday. Great place to catch the ball game Thursday night. 
No doubt that'll be all through the uh, facility. Get yourself a big sandwich and a cold PBR, Kelly, and enjoy Southern Miss football Thursday night at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Yeah, Booty, Booty will put together some good trivia contests every once in a while, and they've always, you know, they get a great bunch of merchandise from, from different distributors that they work mm-hmm. with, so they're always giving away great prizes, and everybody in there is a Southern Miss fan. Chances are you're going to run into somebody you know. Right. Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. Uh, you can hear it anytime you like on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play Super Talk Eagle Hour. Uh, glad to have our next guest on the show. He's the athletics director at Pearl River Community College, Mr. Patrick Oaks. And uh, Mr. Oaks, we're glad to have you on the show. Thank you for coming on thank- today. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's an honor. We're talking about uh, Kelly and I earlier today about this pipeline, this. <laughs> This connection between Pearl River and Southern Miss. Let me throw these names out. This is we just went back two years. Baseball players that came to Southern Miss from Pearl River: Tate Parker, Graham Crawford, Reese Ewing, Gabe Broadus, Landon Harper. All superb <laughs> baseball. That's players. just two years. Yeah. Football: <laughs> Frog Jones and Michael Caraway. Even softball: Madeley Harrington now committed to the Golden Eagles softball program, but. Man, oh man, has has this pipeline uh, ever been productive uh, for Southern Miss? And I don't want to take anything away from football, obviously, but the the baseball stars that have come here from Pearl River are, Mr. Oaks, pretty stunning, really. Absolutely, and uh, you know, it's it's uh, first off, thanks for having me and allowing me the opportunity to talk about uh, Pearl River. But you're absolutely right; it's pretty uh, pretty neat and honestly pretty special. Uh, for these student athletes to get that opportunity, and as you said, I think it's a great pipeline, and it stretches across all of our sports. And it honestly, it kind of works both ways too. We've we've got some transfers down here um, from Southern Miss. Uh, Lauren Bennett was a women's soccer player who came down here and played last year, and now she's at uh, Louisiana, uh, the Rage, Raging Cajuns. So it works both ways. And you know, interestingly enough, a lot of those guys, it seems like they're kind of from. Southern Miss's footprint. Maybe they didn't have the opportunity, or the staff wasn't quite sure uh, if they could play at that level. So they came to the Poor River, showed what they could do uh, on on one of the biggest stages, and especially when you're talking about the baseball team, fresh off the national championship uh, uh, two years ago. Uh, you know, Tate Park was the national player of the year uh, from West Harrison on the coast, and uh, obviously, I think that worked out pretty well. I'd say. And but, Creek Creek Robertson, who was is that Pearl River now? Correct from Southern Miss. Yeah. Yeah, Kelly and I are big fans of Graham Crawford. We're, we just love the kid, and we're really hoping uh, he captures the uh, starting catcher's job uh, this year coming up for the Golden Eagles. And I know he was a great player for for you guys as well. Absolutely, he, you know he was a special guy could could do it all, and um, you know signed with with Alabama out out of uh, Pearl River, and now he's uh, back home with Southern Miss. And I think that's a great opportunity for him. And like y'all said, we're we're big <laughs> big fans of Graham and. And I hope he uh, gets an opportunity here to show what he can do there. I think he, he'll be an asset for him now, if he gets the chance. Now, Chris Oney's basketball teams have put together some some great years, and they're looking for this year to be no different. But while we talk about basketball, football, and baseball, the big three, let us not forget to pay tribute today to the Pearl River men's soccer team. Patrick, tell us what's going on <laughs> with the Wildcat men. Yeah, man, it's been a been a whirlwind forty eight hours, really, uh, uh, with everything going on right now. We're all it's a good problem to have, but we're all scrambling around trying to make, make sure we got all of our travel itinerary and everything planned out. Uh, our men's team won the region twenty three championship on Sunday night. Um, 
at the host Jones College against uh, Gulf Coast in overtime uh, on a golden goal, which really is about as exciting as it, as it can be to win a soccer match. And uh, so now they've stamped their ticket to the national tournament for the second time in three seasons. Uh, the tournament this year is in Tucson, Arizona. Uh, we The bracket was announced today. We're the 11th seed. Uh, the way soccer works is they basically have a pool play, so we're in there with Phoenix and St. Louis, and then the winner advances uh, to the knockout round. So, uh, you know, really exciting, really happy for Coach Drew Glant and his guys. Uh, you know, they're, they're a team who's been knocking on the door the last couple of years, uh, finally broke through. It's our first region championship on the men's side since 2017. Uh, you know, and <laughs> being there at Jones, you know, to, to win the championship, we had to beat Southwest. In the quarterfinals, Jones in the semifinals, and then uh, Gulf Coast, as, as I said, in the finals. So, uh, pretty pretty special run for our men's team. Uh, you know, I, I would think it would be hard to find a team in better form uh, right now. The guys have won 14 straight after starting the year one and four. Uh, and uh, <laughs> uh, Coach Drew Gallant joked the other day when we were talking that uh, he feels like he's. 40 going on 60 right now after the way the tournament's played out. Yeah, great stuff. Luke, how bad are your ears burning down there in uh, near Ellisville when you hear about all this Wildcat <laughs> athletic success? I'm going to be very civil on this show. <laughs> I actually, Patrick, I didn't even think about it, but I am wearing a Jones hat right now. So, anyway, oh, sorry. man. Well, but, you know. but can you speak, though, can you speak to the, I mean, one of the reasons why, especially in baseball, is is you guys, man, the facilities, and particularly, you know, what you've done down there. And it seems as if, um, you know, it's not just about having good fields and, and uh, good practice facilities as well, but, you know, kids care about where they live as well. Well, and look, it, I think it all comes down to the people, for starters. Um, you know, we take a lot of pride in our culture, our campus, as you said, our facilities, uh, you know, all starts at the top with our, our president, Dr. Burwood. Uh, I'm sure y'all are familiar with. He has a vision for our campus and our culture and, um, and really all of our coaches buy into it. Uh, they all take pride in their, their facilities. Um, I just, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. We were just talking about them. We had a meeting yesterday talking about how we can get better here. We're fresh off a region championship and we're talking, okay, so how can we, how can we improve? What do we need to do? What do we need to accomplish? How do we get this done? Uh, you know, and it, it never ends, and that's a good thing. Uh, you know, that's that's what you have to do to remain competitive, to compete for championships. Our coaches do a phenomenal job going out, identifying talent, bringing them in, uh, and then once they get here on campus, it's uh, you know, it's it's pretty special. Um, you know, I, I'm, Kelly obviously is very familiar with our campus. It's, um, you know, I'm, I'm biased, but, you know, I think it's one of a kind. And really, you know, give kudos to the system as a whole. You know, Mississippi does community college athletics different. And I think yep. that's that's the best way to sum it up. Uh, you know, we've been across the country, other facilities. You know, when we go to uh, conferences and seminars and we, we talk about what we've got going on here in Mississippi, folks are like, whoa, 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 you, you have dorms on your campuses? Do you have your own? your own basketball gym. You don't have to share it with the city. And it's like, yeah, you know, that, I mean, this is college athletics, right? This is how it's supposed to be. And um, so I'm, you know, I'm obviously a little biased uh, for how we do it here, but I think we've got the best setup uh, uh, anybody has around. 
But it does speak to back to what you're about with your coaches, and it goes into what we how we started this segment with recruiting. I mean, you guys are right there with you know Gulf Coast is right there, and Jones is right there. And you go to any other place in this state, and you go to the top, and you got Itawamba and Northeast, and you you know you everybody's not just got like a, a neighbor; you got like a next door neighbor that you're <laughs> competing against. And I think overall, it kind of makes everybody better. Yeah, you know, the the saying, rising tide raises all ships, right? I mean, I think that's especially true in uh, community college athletics here in Mississippi. You know, everybody keeps tabs on what everybody else is doing. And you know, as you said, we've got uh, multiple rivals. It's not just the, the guys next door. It's their neighbor and really their neighbor across the street. And, you know, the cool thing about athletics as well is, you know, sometimes in some sports uh, you might face a team maybe, you know, all the way at the other end of the state in a championship for, you know, back-to-back years or whatever. Well, then you build a kind of a rivalry with that school as well. And, um, you know, and it, it is also neat that our coaches, while they are rivals, you know, a lot of times they're also, um, they, they, they trade ideas with one another. They talk quite a bit uh, just between institutions as well. And, you know, I think that helps, again, advance the community college system, advance Mississippi. And, um, you know, when you're talking about recruiting, I mean, we've got probably one of the best um, recruiting bases here in South Mississippi and in the Pine Belt. Uh, you know, it's so rich in talent and in a number of different sports. Even our volleyball program just won the region championship and went over and played an Alabama's tournament this past weekend. And, uh, you know, phenomenal job Coach uh, Chatham's done with them. And uh, that, that was our fifth, fifth season now. And, um, you know, it, it's just neat to see across the board having this success and, um especially when you have this culture here and all the coaches are around one another, they push one another, they show up at one another's um, events. We had a couple different teams show up in Ellisville to root on both our men's and our women's uh, soccer programs. I don't want to leave our women out. You know, the women's side, <laughs> that might be the toughest tournament in the country. Uh, the, the tournament we had uh, this past week for the Region 23 Championship Number one, three, and four were all in our tournament, and our women ended up uh, being runner-up for the Region 23 championship. So um, I don't want to leave Coach Madsen and his his team out as well. They've done a a fantastic job. Well, lots of good stuff, Pashokes. It would be an understatement to tell you how much Super Talk values its relationship with Pearl River. We're grateful to you for that, and uh, we appreciate you taking the time to be on our show today. Good stuff. Yes, thank you so much. Anytime. I, I appreciate it. Y'all have a fantastic day. All right. Thank you, sir. Patrick Oaks, Athletics Director, Pearl River. The only troubling thing he told me off air was the public address announcer, and they're searching for one. Well, that that's the problem with a low unemployment rate. Yeah, you, you have to pick just anybody. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment on this Tuesday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBATHattiesburg.com. If you missed uh, some good interviews today, appreciate Patrick O's from uh, Pearl River Community College. Jay Walker from University of Louisiana at Lafayette. It's their official name, by the way. It really is. U L L. On on their website, it says the University of Louisiana at Lafayette. Jay's a good dude, though. I'm not going 
not going to mess with him at all. Of course, Heath Hinton from Big Old Nation in the first segment. If you missed those, you can go back and listen to Eagle Hour On Demand at supertalk.fm or in podcast form, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Audible. Dom Davis yesterday eclipsed 1,000 career points as uh, the Lady Eagles defeated William Carey. Told you about that one yesterday, 88-46. At the same time, just uh, a good game for uh, for the Lady Eagles just to continue to get their bearings. It did count yesterday. So uh, Lady Eagles 1-0 on the year, and uh, they will get ready to host Akron in the MAC Sunbelt Challenge this coming Saturday at 2 p.m. Men, on the other hand, as well, they won 64-42. The starting lineup last night of Crowley, Ivory Hart, Awako, and Arnold. Um, Austin Crowley led the way with 19 points. Donovan Ivory with 13. Victor Hart with 12. And uh, Crowley actually had a a double-double, had 10 rebounds. Ivory had 9 rebounds. Golden Eagles only shot uh, 23% um, from... I'm sorry, I'm looking at William Carey. Golden Eagles shot 36% from the field, 14% from three-point land, 55% from the free-throw line. Uh, does it bother y'all uh, just how we've been shooting the ball the first couple games? Well, yeah, especially 55% from the free-throw line. You know, that's that can bite you. But, yeah, overall they didn't uh, they didn't shoot very well. And especially after that start. I mean, right. they they right. they started pretty hot, right? And then you thought, okay, here we go. And then th- then to see those final numbers, you know, and I was yeah. a little bit surprised by those final numbers. It was too. seventeen, seventeen, and then Eagles made a uh, mega run. Curly had a, got an and one towards the end of the half. It was twenty nine, twenty eight, nineteen at the half. Eagles outscored the Crusaders thirty six, twenty three, uh, but they do improve to one and zero. Oh, and then just like um, the ladies, they will uh, be involved. In the Mac Sunbelt Challenge, they will take on Akron, but it'll be up there, guys. So um, should be interesting to see what happens. Nickname in, Kelly in of Akron? The Zips. And their football team, the Zips, they're coached by former Mississippi State coach Joe Moorhead. That's so. Friday at, at 6 p.m. Basketball? Men's basketball? Yeah, men's basketball. It doesn't show it to be on TV at this point. Um because it's outside uh, the Sun Belt. But, yeah, if that, we'll update you if, if that gets the you case. Know, and I, I'd like to just make a postscript to our chat with uh, Patrick Oaks from Pearl River, and this goes along you know, to all of the Mississippi junior colleges, particularly Pearl River and Jones. Now, I get, you know, w- when you're a high school athlete, everybody envisions playing for, you know, these big Power Five Division One schools. I get that, all right? That's normal. But you should never, particularly in Mississippi, you should, and I've said this before, you should never poo-poo the junior college experience in Mississippi, particularly if you're an athlete. Because number one, if a JUCO comes calling, they're paying for everything. All right, if you get recruited, let's just talk baseball, for example. If you get recruited as a baseball player at a Division I school, you maybe get 25%, maybe. Junior colleges are paying pretty much everything. All right, that's number one. Number two, you got a really good chance at starting at a junior college where usually, you know, unless you're exceptional, you're going to have to wait your turn, right, at these Division I schools. Number three, if you're at a JUCO, you can be drafted anytime. You, you know, you have a waiting period. 
in Division ones. And number four, when you do get recruited out of a junior college, schools are coming for a specific need right then. So there's a much better chance that whatever D1 school you commit to, you're going, you know that you're going to go to that school and start immediately. Plus, all of these campuses in Mississippi, look, it's not, they're not in Las Vegas, you know, they're not in Dallas, they're not in Chicago. They're not in the biggest cities in the world, but the campuses are nice. The facilities are are really good. Don't you should never discount the junior it college. It sounds experience. like to me, Luke, what he's saying is that we like junior college sports on this show, and we think junior college sports are significant. I wore a uh, Jones hat that I really do have a Jones hat on, and <laughs> when y'all said that, I was like. Oh wow! Yeah, I've actually. Did you take it out. off during the interview? Just like I did not. I, oh, I okay. continue to support the Bobcats. We can be friends and disagree on matters of personal mm-hmm. choices. Yeah, and, and, and maybe and maybe other states have crappy junior college systems. I don't know, but in Mississippi, we have a great junior college system, the best in the country, yeah. probably. Yeah. So so particularly in Mississippi, man, don't don't say I'm not playing junior college. Yeah. Well, <laughs> be careful what you say. But. All right, want to thank our guests today, Heath Hitt and Jay Walker and Patrick Oaks. Really, I thought a great show today. We really appreciate that. I'll be out a few days. The guys will have it. Uh, they'll keep go vote up. today. Yes, go, go, do go that. vote today. That's absolutely right. Go vote today. You boys take care of things while I'm gone. Is there one box that you can just check to run them all out of town? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. If there yeah, is. I heard there were zombies in Washington looking for brains to eat, and they all starved to death. But you'll be here all week. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. Into the future. I wanna fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle. Let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.